everybody, and thank you for joining us for another week of the Rec Poker Podcast. You know you're in for a treat when you hear that tune. Um, normally, uh, this chats edition of the Rec Poker Podcast would be hosted by the one and only Steve Fredland, but he's tragically still recovering from a bad beat laid on him in Iowa, uh, so he couldn't join us tonight. So I'm Jim Reed, pinch hitting uh, for the one and only. Uh, and my little quote to send us off today is one I've said before, but it's true. If you want to go fast, travel alone. And if you want to go far, travel together. And uh, one of the things we do at Rec Poker here is we travel together, like with these wizards here on the panel. So wizards, why don't you introduce yourself to Rec Poker Nation? Uh, well, I'm Chris Jones. I'm 5x5 five five on Poker Stars and Twitter. And uh, I, I, I didn't even go on the road trip this weekend, but I had a just a blast following along with it. It was it was uh, a lot of fun, and it sounded like it was even more fun to go. So it was it was it was cool for our first real. I mean, I know we already did one, but it was cool for our first really big one. It was great. And I am John Somsky. I am poker geek in everywhere, and I did have a blast on that road trip. And I have a quote from Michael Gersitz: "Don't get mad that you lost. Get mad because you didn't win." <laughs> And I'm Rob Washam, uh, Radman50 everywhere. I have a quote from Epictetus, which is, Ooh. happiness and freedom begin with a clear understanding of one principle. Some things are within your control and some things are not. Oh, my wow. God. A stoic revelation. And it wasn't even <laughs> me that brought it to the table. Rob Washam, way to go. And, we hey, it's poker related, man. It really is right. poker related. Yeah, you can't be results oriented. You can only you can only uh, put your put your emotional capital behind things that you can control. I couldn't agree more. Nicely done. Um, so some of the things we can control is what we do with our downtime. As uh, the guys have alluded to, we're just getting back from the Rec Poker road trip down to the Run Good series in Council Bluffs, Iowa, um, which was a fantastic time. They broke a bunch of records. I know it's because the Rec Poker crew was there crushing the numbers. Um, they blew through their guarantee. They had a fantastic time. Um, everyone that was there seemed to love it. So I hope we get a chance to do some more of that with uh, Run Good and some other uh, local uh, casinos and stuff like that. The road trips are taken off. It's not just WSOP, but WSOP is right around the corner. It doesn't feel like it, but it's true. I've already done my kind of circle and marker through the schedule once, and uh, there's a lot of fun things to be paying attention to. Um, we might have Kev Math on again sometime over the summer and get into some of the details of some of those tournaments. So I guess, speaking of local casinos, I shouldn't go much further without thanking our sponsors, the Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino, and of course, uh, Mark Prashan and the work he does at Website Amp uh, that keep us going here at Rec Poker. Um, so every once in a while in these chats editions, we like to talk about um, amongst the group, talk about what's going on in the Rec Poker community, Rec Poker Nation. Uh, review the seminar material that Chris Jones has put together for the previous month. And uh, we thought this one would be a good time because Steve's not here to sort of talk, just to talk crap about Steve for an hour. No, 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 just kidding. Uh, since Steve's not here, I thought it would be a fun time for each of us. Uh, not, and not everyone can make it to the podcast. So I say each of us, there's only really four of us here, John, Rob, Chris, and myself. But it takes a village to make Rec Poker go. Um, Andrew, Taylor, uh, Chad, Mark, you know, just to name a few. Uh, it's a, we don't get far um, traveling alone, as we said at the very beginning. So um, since we've only got a few of us here, I thought it would be nice to kind of talk about how we discovered Rec Poker, how we learned about it, how we met Steve, and how we kind of 
became part of the core team here that uh, that makes Rec Poker what it is. So I know I haven't known Steve the longest. I think uh, John or Rob maybe in this group. So whoever has known Steve the longest, why don't you just get started and tell uh, the audience a little bit about what you were doing in your life when you first bumped into Steve and Rec Poker and what the time since then has looked like. Well, I tell you, it was uh, many, many years ago. There was no such thing as a rec poker podcast. Um, I was at a tournament. It was a two-day tournament at uh, Grand Casino Malax in Minnesota, and they, it was a grand series they called it. So it was a you know significant buy-in. I think it was a five hundred or thousand-dollar buy-in. And I'm at this the, the the last level of the night, and this guy joins the table never seen him before very friendly guy he starts talking he's telling me about his charity adventure which is called all in for africa so he introduced himself his name is steve fredland and uh he was a very a pretty new poker player he hadn't been playing that long and we were both making it into day two so we just got into this conversation and you know the the day broke and then we talked a little bit before you know we left that night and he gave me all the details of his all in for africa tournament which was happening at canterbury park uh, i think the following month or something like that so of course i just was this is the greatest thing in the world i i'm i, I have a new person i can talk poker with right so i went to the all in for africa tournament and had a gas, you know, we, I rebought a couple of times. I added on, I did whatever you do, at a, you know, a charity event. I won a, I won a bounty for a, a free poker network, uh, buy, uh, buy into a free poker network tournament in Las Vegas. That would, the reward would be a main event seat. And I thought, Oh, this is cool. Well, then I went on to, we went on to chop it five ways. So I ended up being one of the finalists at the tournament and ended up chopping it five ways. So there was a lot of interaction with Steve at this time, right? So uh, I think uh, probably a month later, I get this email out of the blue from Steve and he's starting uh, a home game. He, he, had, he wanted to bring a bunch of people that he knew together and start a home game. He called it the Epic League. And... Uh, so he invited me and out of the blue, he invited me. I go, and this is great because I, I don't have any home games that I go to, you know, I've mainly just go to the casinos. So that's how it started. I got invited to his Epic poker league. I started going to that every, once a month or whenever he had it, I think it was six or seven times a year. And it just became, you know, we became, it just, just kind of organically happened. Then a while later, after many a couple of years later, he decided to start a podcast. And what he would do then is he would invite some of the people that he knew to do a little, you know, 10 second to 30 second little blurb that he would include in the podcast. You wouldn't be live in it like we are today. It would just be a little blurb. So I was one of those people that he invited to, you know, put a little blurb in. So I've been with the Rec Poker podcast since the very beginning. 
I remember, I remember hearing your voice in those uh, recordings, in those like sessions, there would be uh, a bunch of different perspectives. It, it would be like a theme for the episode about a particular spot or a, a place or a hand or something. And then a series of experts would weigh in, a series of recreational uh, players would weigh in. And I remember, uh, I remember when I met you, uh, recognizing your voice and thinking, oh yes, this is Rob from those, those taped segments <laughs> yep. earlier. Yeah, I remember. So yeah, so we go, we go way back. <laughs> nice and then and then it just uh, got to the point where well actually let's let's pick up the new rec poker once we've heard from uh john and chris but so john what's what's your uh, uh origin story <laughs> uh mine is a little bit similar to uh rob's i wasn't involved i didn't meet steve quite as early as rob did <clears throat> i what heard about the first all in for africa tournament that he was putting on so i played in that one uh and then somehow i talked with him a little bit and then he asked me if I wanted to be a bounty in the next one. So um, I was a bounty in all of the All In For Africa tournaments since then. And then in one of them, we were playing at the same table and he thought, you know, this guy isn't as big of a jerk as I thought he was. And then he invited me to go to, <laughs> the, uh, to the Epic Poker League. So I started playing in that as well. Uh, and then when he started the podcast, I was occasionally did some of those blurbs as well, um, and helped out there. And then it just kept evolving. And eventually we are where we are today. And, and John, when you were getting involved, um, and, you know, Steve had this vision for sort of like a bigger thing and, uh, what was it about home games that made you decide that this was going to be the part of rec poker that you were going to get really involved in and behind and like become the champion for, for home games? Well, in, so I am also the uh, Minnesota ambassador for Annie up magazine. I cover Minnesota for Antia. Um, it's not as big of a deal as it sounds. I have a 250 word article that I put in the magazine when they start producing them. They are still on hiatus since COVID for that. Uh, but the for that, there was the Apes Anti-Up International Poker Series that was run by Anti-Up. Then when Black Friday hit in 2011, that was the end of the Apes series. And then I started jonesing for getting my online play. And Apes was for money. They were typically $5 tournaments that you play with other fans vanning up. Well, I couldn't handle not playing. So I started the Pape series and started to manage that just following the same schedule that Annie up had. And since 2011, I've been following doing that where we'd run uh, tournaments on the sixes, the sixth, 16th and 26th. It was a variety of Hold'em, Omaha and other mixed games. And, um, we have two tournaments a night, a first one and a second chance in case you got busted out. So I said, well, you know, when Rec Poker came around, I said, I could easily run one tournament a month, a month for Rec Poker. That'd be nothing. To do <laughs> um, so I offered to do that one tournament for Rec Poker. And then we ended up having someone on and said, you know, we should really start promoting mixed games. So that became two tournaments a month for poker. Doubled and your then, portfolio overnight. Yep, yep. And then, of course, COVID hit, and now we are up to ten tournaments a week that we are currently playing. 
plus plus a monthly tournament of champions plus oh, at yep. least one annual uh championship yep. maybe a plus couple invitational heads, heads up ones yeah. yeah i think that averages out to uh certainly like 45 tournaments a month or something like that wow so that and and John actually he he personally deals all of those tournaments. So I know it, yeah. Poker Stars makes it look as though it's all automated, but he's actually there running between the tables, uh, dealing out the cards individually. It's quite a quite a bit of work he does. Uh, yeah, so my fingers are really kind of screwed up. <laughs> Uh, well, we have a lot of fun with John, uh, but he literally runs all the tournaments that we that we do here at Rec Poker. Uh, he's picked out these great structures. He makes sure that they're happening on the right nights most of the time. Asterisk, um, and every <laughs> once in a while, things kind of go your way. Um, but other than that, uh, it's just been flawless and impressive. And we keep adding things to his plate, uh, and he keeps on just knocking it out of the park. So, um, can't wait to see what comes next, John. I know you've got grand plans, and uh, I'm just excited to see. Oh, what's what the future has uh, in store if it's anything like what we're doing today i mean how could it be anything but fantastic hopefully uh chris what about you uh well i i'm i was much later to the party i was really a post i was a post podcast uh kind of addition but it was kind of the early days of the podcast i uh, can't quite remember when maybe it had been going on for a little while but i i had become a listener and i reached out to steve i didn't i'd never i mean i think i'd played with him before but i didn't really know him at all um but i reached out to him through the podcast and just said hey you know uh i'm i'm a really avid poker player i love studying it i love but i, I don't really have a, a circle of people around me and like have you ever thought about taking the podcast and sort of um you know doing so and i think he already had some ideas around this it's not like i came up with the idea of building community around around this but um it, i think it, it kind of uh, aligned with some of the things that he was thinking about uh, doing. Uh, and then it also at the time, and I think still he was um, had some visions about writing a book. And I think he's still working on that and it's still uh, something he's, he's interested in in some of his other, for his other business. Uh, and sort of through talking to me, kind of learned my background and understood that I had a lot of um, just skills in that area. So we got to talking about that. And, um, and through that, you know, just, uh, he started, we just started like, wow, this could be really good fit. And then, so he invited me to sort of start to take part. I went to a play and learn the one of the, I think the first play and learn, which was alive in those, uh, days sort of, it was at a hotel. Uh, I went to that first piece and that's kind of where I, I, I met him for the first time. Although actually I then once I saw, I was like, oh yeah, we've played before, but I just didn't know him that well. And then that's kind of led to. To everything from there pretty much so tell us a little bit about um what it is in your personal life your professional life that would make steve think oh he's he's someone i should talk to you about books like what would uh tell us a little bit about yourself in that area uh well so i work at a, a literary arts center uh we we work with authors bring them in we have a annual book festival we do an annual writers conference i've written a book about writing a book um so th i i just have i have a lot and i and i i I work with a lot of editors and agents in the literary world uh, to bring them to these conferences. So I just know a lot about publishing. I know a lot about latest trends in, in you know, what, what an author needs to do to get uh, published. And I've written a book myself. So all of those things kind of felt, felt good to Steve. <laughs> I, I just love, I just love getting to hear Chris say that he wrote the book on how to write a book on writing a book. Like that's just something, something kind of wonderful about that. And, and I know, um, I know when, when Steve did start putting together 
the community, you know, and, and like the, the, what would become like the rec dot poker and the training site and the membership site that it's become, I know, um, like harnessing your brain was a big part of what Steve was excited about. And I remember, uh, I remember, just remember thinking like, you know, here's someone who thinks about poker strategically that knows how to relate ideas to other people. Um, and so that's why I think it was just such a natural fit for you to be the membership content director. And yeah. And I, and I was really hungry. Like I, you know, I felt like I had really spent a long time sort of learning and studying poker just in kind of this little silo um, and had no one to talk to about it. And, you know, there were people in my life who like casually like to play poker or like, you know, maybe once every couple months, let's go play, you know, let's put $20 on the table and play some poker, but like nobody who really took the game very seriously. Uh, and that's, that's really, it's really hard to like, uh, I felt like I'd taken the game as far as I could without mm. sort of growing with others and bouncing ideas and questions off people. So I was really hung for, hungry for it too. So it was a, it was a good fit. Yeah. And that's the way I felt too. I mean, now if people that know me now would laugh, you know, I host a weekly podcast. I put my poker tracker for information out on the internet. Everyone knows my face and my name and the town that I live in and stuff like that. You know, Jim in his twenties would have hives would go would just be like freaking out uh if he knew that i'd taken this kind of approach with my life because i'm actually i'm a very private person ordinarily like i don't like it when people come on my property i don't you know i don't like people having my phone number you know i just want to mostly be left alone unless i'm like doing what i want to do uh which you know engaging with poker stuff is pretty much near the top of the list but um you know i i, I got into poker i've always been a serious poker player um my mom raised me to play games games were always really important in my house uh in my youth growing up i was definitely um a bit of a um a sharp in high school i paid for a lot of lunches and coffees playing euchre and backgammon and stuff like that games have always been a way to put beer money um on the table and and oh it's it's a great way to learn about people too and it's like it's you know it is it games are life you know the, the way you get to make assumptions about people and apply pressure and things like that. It's, it's great training for life. So I always appreciate that lesson from my mom for giving me that training. Um, but it was something that, like I say, I was like a lurker. I was in the silo like Chris and um, I listened to a lot of podcasts. I was very into poker podcasts. I remember in like 2013 or 2014 when thinking poker came out, and that one was like a real uh, eye opener for me. I was, I was, you know, I was a winning poker player before then, but I had not even really thought about poker in terms of like ranges even. Uh, I think I had sort of like in the back of my mind been thinking about it, but I had never explicitly been thinking about playing ranges. I remember that just being such a pivot point and like, what was I even doing before? Like that wasn't poker, you know? Um, and then, and then I just started, I was just listening to every poker podcast out there. Um, Cause in my line of work, it was easy to be listening to something all the time or I'd be driving around and it was a good way for kind of like a solitary person like me to learn. Um, and so that took, that took, I mean, for years and years, I just listened to every poker podcast I could get my hands on. And then in 2019, I decided I was going to be going down to Vegas uh, for WSOP coming up. I had a big birthday. Some friends and my wife had chipped in to put a, a package together for me, which I was really excited about. And I just decided like this summer, 
I'm just going to bone up. I'm just going to get, I'm going to get back to fundamentals. And, and I, I made, I spent like two months and, and I just, all the podcasts I would listen to, I would just think about like, okay, who are the people that I actually want to be learning with? And like, what are the, what's the level of poker that I want to be coming along for? And like, you know, what's the price involved as well, as well. Cause I'm a life knit. These guys will tell you, but if you don't know, I'm a big life knit. Um, and, uh, and honestly, rec poker, I think Steve was just starting the community. And I think I was one of the first people to sign up for the old, uh, rec poker site, you know, back in 2019, I, I don't remember the name of the program it was on, but, uh, and, um, <laughs> well, uh, you guys will remember when I came in, I didn't use, I was just poker gym. I didn't have the camera turned on. I didn't want to like come out of my shell. It took a couple months of joining these weekly discussions and um, chipping in and, and, you know, feeling like I could be wrong about things or like, just, you know, voice my opinion. And people would tell me if I, you know, like help me out. Right. Like that's one thing. It took me a long time to realize how valuable it is to be corrected. And like proud people don't want to be corrected sometimes because you think you've got it all figured out and you don't like to be wrong, but being wrong is like something you should embrace. It's an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to get closer to truth, you know, and uh, it just takes a while for people to, to understand that myself included. <laughs> um, Wasn't the, uh, the book club, the first thing, I think that's the first place I encountered you. I think so. On it our was... very first book club. Yeah, I, yeah, that sounds right. And there were a couple like ad hoc uh, strategy discussions, like playing ace rag out of the blinds or okay. um, something like that. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think the <laughs> I think it was the book study that um, that I finally that like turned my camera on. Play optimal optimal poker. The one it was even Cheyenne. before that. It was uh, oh, it was, was Jonathan it Little's Secrets of Tournament Poker. Was it, was it I don't even remember. Oh my god, I'd have to go back and see. I don't know of any other book studies that we did other than those two. I remember it was Cheyenne was, doing them. Cheyenne was doing it. Um, yep. It was Play Optimal Poker by Andrew Brokus. Oh, crazy, crazy. That doesn't seem like that was so long ago. God, time flies. That was back in 2019. That, that was, was it then. The first, That was the first book study that we did with the new format of Rec Poker. Yep. Yep. Amazing. And that and that was kind of it. I, I, I joined... Um, you know, Steve and Chris and John and uh, Rob and Taylor had all sort of started talking about what they wanted to do with the site and with the community. Um, I got a little more involved in the strategy conversations. And then um, I just, <laughs> my, uh, my, my real job, my day job is a quality control inspector for um, residential and commercial properties in Southern Ontario. And uh, they call me Picky Jim. The company name is Very Picky Incorporated. And I'm, I'm not perfectly adjusted. I am a little picky in some areas. And uh, so one of the things that I think endeared me to Steve was every day he'd get a couple messages from me like, hey, Steve, I noticed you got this on the website like this. Shouldn't, wouldn't it be better if it was like this? Um, hey, Steve, here's another helpful tip. Uh, <laughs> here's another unsolicited helpful tip. You know, maybe, I just noticed that you said you were going to put this out on Wednesday, but it's Wednesday and I don't see it. What's going on? Um, and so God bless Steve. <laughs> he, he, said, he said, hey, this is a guy that can kind of help me, um, you know, get, get to the next level with some of the things we're trying to do here. And that, and that was how I got involved, was just sort of helping Steve with some of the little things around the edges and putting the calendar together and just like helping organize a couple things. And, and 
that's sort of still what I'm doing here. I just pinch hit for Steve every once in a while, host a couple sessions, make sure the calendar is running, and then mostly just sit back and uh, listen to these fine folks uh, spread their wisdom. But I see it's the only reason, <laughs> one of the things I love is I, I, I can see people taking that. And I mean, that was only two years ago. Um, and I see people now, premium members, community members, uh, people like Jamel, Eric, Rich, uh, people like Paul, um, and, and just to name a few that uh, reach out, try to contribute, have ways they want to help, um, thoughts to improve, ways that we can get better together. And uh, it just warms my heart, you know, like people like Kim Kilroy, uh, who have really stepped up and joined the team. Um, you know, people like Chad McVean, uh, we mentioned earlier, you know, Mark who's a big part of what we're doing. And, you know, they can't be here right now, but Andrew Feist uh, works hard every month, putting our learning with partners mm -hmm. stuff together. And Taylor, of course, is killing it on Twitch and uh, contributing in a lot of ways that start later in the evening because he's got uh, two girls to put to bed. Um, so it's, it's, it does take a village. It takes everybody chipping in. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really crazy how, how much this has built. I mean, I do remember, I remember those podcasts before I got involved with, where, you know, Rob's voice was on there and there were other voices sort of like, and Steve was kind of like trying to figure out like, what are, what are my optimal ranges and what are my optimal, I, you know, playing styles. Um, and they were, they were great episodes, but it, it was, it, it's really crazy how much it's sort of built into this, you know, really community driven, um, piece that the podcast is just one aspect of it but there's so much going on now uh and that's really all about kind of all all the things that steve has built around this it's pretty amazing absolutely yeah and i mean it's great because we've we've kind of just we've gone where people want you know the members want us to go for the most part like at first we thought like we had this way that we thought everyone would like and we're trying to like impose it on the membership but uh now we're just flowing like water you know we have these ways for people to get back give feedback to us and let us know what they want more of we're changing things all the time adding things taking things off um and i'm just really proud of how the site in particular has come along and how the team is really just firing on all cylinders uh uh, to bring all this great stuff. And I mean, I was looking at the calendar recently. We release a new video every day. We release a new video every single day. Some of those are premium videos at Rec Poker. Some of those are free videos uh, at YouTube. But every single day, there's a new video coming out. And five days a week, there's a live interactive, either a poker training or a hangout and engage kind of opportunity um, mostly in the evening, some in the afternoon, uh, but there's just, it, it, it's, it's pretty, pretty impressive. Pretty, if I do say so myself that, that, uh, for a place that only charges 15 bucks a month, <laughs> we've got all that going. All right. Well, I know Steve would like to hear that, um, because it really is all in his image and, um, you know, Steve, we're, we're sorry you couldn't be here tonight, but none of this would be, uh, anything without you here. And we're all, uh, just lucky to be along for the ride. So let's hear what our friend Jonathan Little has to say, and we'll come back and talk a little more about this wonderful place. Wonder whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead? What do you do when you have a flush draw? Do you raise it or do you just call? What do you do with ace king when you miss the flop? Are you tired of guessing about what the right play is with your particular hand? Well, my name is Jonathan Little, and I am a two-time World Poker Tour champion and creator of PokerCoaching.com, where we offer over a thousand interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. Don't guess, 
And don't stress, just register for your free account at pokercoaching.com slash recpoker right now. I would do it, folks. You don't want to make Jonathan Little angry. His name's Little, but he packs a punch. Don't wake up the bear. So uh, here we are. We're in the second half of the podcast. Uh, normally, we talk a little bit about uh, some community happenings. Why don't we start with uh, John? Why don't you take us through the home games? Then I'm going to introduce uh, one of our premium members to come on uh, and have a little conversation with us after that. Sure. Since Steve's not here, I'm assuming I won't be interrupted. Yeah, good luck, on, brother. <laughs> on June 21st, Stewie 13, Stuart Kedrick, nice. won uh, his sixth daily nightly series event for the year. Flying Brick, Sarah Hansen got her fifth. Fergie 56, Kim Kilroy hey. got her fourth. All sorts of killers. Marbles Jam, Jeffrey Kupferberg got his very first win of the year. Monkey System Keith Brandt got his first win of the year. Hazi08 got his first nightly event of the year. Now, whoa, this whoa. is a little bit <laughs> um, deceptive. He had to change his screen name from Hazi8 to Hazi08. That's right. The paparazzi uh, got to him. Right. And in, our, in my spreadsheets, I could go through and change them all so that all of the stats would be correct. But in the site that I am working on, I am going to have a concept of aliases. So for the time being, mm. we will pretend that he is a new player. However, if you are on the table with Hazi 8 and you have any reads on, a, or Hazi 08, and you have any reads on Hazi 8, <laughs> make sure you use them. Yeah, Chris, that, what is that? That is, a, that is an intriguing story, I think. <laughs> <laughs> is that was a copyright what's what is going on there? I, I... so it had something to do with his kid used the uh account for something my guess is the the account was transferred to one of the other poker stars regions uh, uh like i had a chance when poker stars new jersey came on board i looked into signing up for that with Poker Geek MN because that's the thing I want to have everywhere I go. I am <laughs> Poker Geek MN everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. But what it was going to do is actually transfer my account from the PokerStars.net domain to the PokerStars New Jersey domain, and it would no longer be available in the main domain. I am guessing it's something along those lines. Weird. So he was no longer able to use his old account so anyway, keep that in mind. It's not a brand new player. It's the same old uh, person that we've always known and loved, but just a brand new screen name. And, and you really did uh, inter, inter, in, blah. In, oh, what am I? I'm having a brain fart here. You interrupted yourself there, John, to be fair. That's, uh, that, Chris, Chris uh, was just working with you there. You took a deep breath and paused. That one's on you. Yes, I, I totally agree with that. I, I figure I have to be interrupted somehow. <laughs> Normally, I can't keep my thought process clear long enough, so I need those interruptions to recapture where I'm at. Okay, so then for our mi daily series mixed event, uh, Kelly S. 1962-20, Kelly Stork. Kelly Stork. Her very first mixed victory. Then... Our very own bluff streamy Jim Reed 
What? His first international victory. Oh my! And it's uh, legit. It's legit. No, I the the only asterisk you can bring to that party is that I found the Saturday morning tournament with a small field, but uh, op- open season, baby. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, some listen, some watchers might notice I'm feeling looking a little more symmetrical than I was before. <laughs> I I did sneak oh, I did sneak down to the uh, Canadian headquarters, uh, the, the vault, the merchandise vault, and uh, got through the seven layers of security there and liberated my pin right as soon as it happened. I was pretty excited. Yeah. So for for those of you just listening on audio, on the brim of his cap, <laughs> he has the silver pin right in the middle. And he put Aster- that on like the, asterisk. Yeah. He put that asterisk pin on his brim the very next day after he got it. And then he has that lined by two bronze pins on either Ooh, it looks side. Good. It does look good, doesn't it? That's sharp. I unfortunately have to agree it does look good. good. I like your military insignia line though. That is real. And you've got more pins than I do. So, so I yes, I do. So okay, John. There was this there's this really wonderful poker news photo of you uh from the Run Good series and your hat has no pins on it. What what happened? So here's what happened. When I ordered my hats, my hats are embroidered with at poker geek MN on the back. Instead of sending me one hat, they sent me nine. Oh my. So I have nine of these. Now in, in the future, we're I'm gonna look at ways we can make use of those but uh so i grabbed one of my backup hats to take down there because i did not want to risk losing one of the smart okay all right all right so um in the future you may see me in the card room with the pins but for this particular event i decided i did not want to risk losing them (laughs) and therefore went brought a pinless (laughs) okay back on track in international events, Rocket Box at Poker, Woody Adams won Woody. his fourth international series event. He is killing it on those uh, Saturday international events. Man, I don't know what's happening with him. Good for Absolutely. you, Woody. You deserve it, buddy. You've been crushing those. And then uh, for the LPP Sunday event, three-card ban. Michelle Culhane Col- ah, got nice. her first LPP victory. So be sure you contact Jim Reed at Rec Poker and you'll be able to uh, get your free month to learn pro poker. That's right. Shoot me an email, jim at rec.poker and I will send you the code you need to get that free month. And is that is that the end of the list there? Dan? We the got all the, the way list. through. That's of course this because that's Sunday night. All right. Well, uh, let me see. What else is going on in um, in Rec Poker Land, Rob? I know we're doing the Michael Acevedo uh, Modern Poker Theory book study. I had to miss the last session, but I already watched the recording, and I'm looking forward to getting into uh, the next chapter there. What are we looking at in the next uh, session there, Rob? I think it's um, you're muted at the moment. We started. We just looked at uh, some of the tournament strategy, right? All right, we're into the MTT strategy section of the book. Um, we're going to be talking about the raise first in or being the first to act. So there's going to be, and I got a feeling that this is going to be more than one session just on this, this part of it, because there's so much nuanced detail in the each of the positions that he's talking about and how the uh, ranges change, how the bet sizing changes, 
those types of things. That's what we'll be talking about in session. I think it's session seven now, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's right. And that will be on July. Help me here. Seventh. Yeah. I'm pulling that up. Uh, The first Wednesday of the month is July 7th. Good one. So that would be a day after this particular podcast comes out. So everybody that is listening to this now can jump in. And if you haven't already, you can go back and watch the first six sessions uh, on the website. As a premium member, you can jump in and watch those and get caught up with where we are, what rabbit holes we went down, what we've discussed as we go through uh, the book chapter by chapter and uh, get caught up to where we are now. And of course, be helpful to read the book as you're doing this. That's what we're doing. And yeah, get caught up, join us. Um, We're going to be talking about uh, the equilibrium strategies of raising first in in a multi-tournament table tournament. Sweet. I love that stuff. Getting, we're going to find a few rabbit holes. Something tells me that's not going to be a problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Chris, I know we're actually recording. Oh, I see Paul's back here. That's great. Um, Chris, I know we're starting the uh, uh, another version of the new seminar tonight. Why don't you tell us yep. a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, so we'll be recording that tonight. Uh, so that'll be by the time this podcast um, is out, you'll be able to watch probably, I think, they'll be out the videos from that um and so we're we're focusing in on early stages of the tournament for this uh this evening and that should be a a really fun conversation the other thing i would say uh in sort of um sort of my content areas that i think you should start paying attention to is uh so we've got our monthly focus study group we've changed uh, a little bit of direction around it we're kind of following along with the inside the mind of the pro uh, series, which is a, a Winamax produced series, which I think is just fantastic. I've had a number of people uh, personally thank me and not that I did anything great. I just said, Hey, this <laughs> is, this is great. You should, but uh, they had never heard of it. And they just, I have had, an, I've had, I think three or four people reach out to me and just say, this is fantastic. It's and free, I think it's, right? They can just go free and watch content. It. It's yeah. just YouTube based content, but um, we're going to have some really great conversations. I just saw uh Keith uh, monkey system put up a post for the next coming uh, session based on an Adrian Mateos hand, uh, which I think is, is a, it's just rich. It's rich with conversation. It's the kind of hand that can get you into a lot of trouble, which I, it gets me into a lot of trouble (laughs) a lot of the time. Uh, And um, between, between Keith's analysis Mm. and between uh, hearing Adrian Mateos's thoughts as he plays this hand, uh, I think there's a lot to learn. So I think it's 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 going to be a really fun as we progress through this through this series. Yeah, I love the way you're using the focus, this monthly independent study group to really get at this meat and potatoes stuff, these technical aspects of range building. Um, every month, you know, we take a look at this episode. Uh, we pick a different member, a different premium member who's going to use different tools like Philopzilla or Equilab or GTO Plus to break down the action while Chris sort of walks them through it in our session. And then I actually run a, another monthly study group that just kind of works on that material and helps people with other questions that they have to prepare for the next session or to resolve on the back end of that. So it's a great, it's a great um, program that you're running there, Chris, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, And I'd like to introduce, uh, so this is uh, Paul, one of our new premium members. Um, As uh, 
people may or may not know, premium members are always welcome to come join us in the chat here. It's a further podcast recording when we have guests. Uh, it's not just the um, training sessions and the other Zoom sessions that go on. You can come and join the podcast every once in a while. We like to bring them on the air just for fun. So Paul's one of these people that I was talking about earlier who only joined pretty recently but they've been full of good ideas. Uh, they've been reaching out to me and John and Steve with ways we can improve. And it's just, uh, I just love to see people getting involved in that way. So Paul, why don't you just introduce yourself, tell a little bit about yourself to Rec Poker Nation and um, how you found us and, and what brought you here. Sure, happy to be here. Yeah, cheers, man, it's great um, to have you. Not too experienced with Zoom calls with poker people. That's uh, <laughs> that's the first for me, but it's part of the reason I came to um, uh, to, to rec poker. Um, I feel like I know all of you because I've been catching up on all the podcasts and I've heard all the voices. And it, it was not till I discovered the video and mm. actually saw your faces to go along with the podcast that I knew I had something special here because um, I think you guys have nailed the the interactive community online you, as far as i know you're the only people that do zoom calls to talk about stuff and invite and in, invite people in and and can actually can get deep into the stuff that the training sites have but you have people and and conversation um and that's why i came in so how did i find you on a podcast mm. um so i feel like i have a lot in common with all of you just listening to your stories uh um, but I've been into poker seriously for just a couple of years. Um, I've, I played recreationally for, uh, it was a home game that started in the, the moneymaker boom neighborhood game. We picked it up. It was, it was fun, but it involved a lot of drinking and, and, and <laughs> social aspects, not a lot of serious poker. Um, in that day, of course, I, I eventually I gravitated to, to some stuff online on, uh, on poker stars and and funny story um i still had 10 cents left in my poker stars account <laughs> when i signed up for the uh, the home game and I, <laughs> I saw that it was pokerstars.net and then i found the uh the instru instructions on the website on to to use uh to use a vpn to download mm. the uh the 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 real client, I still had an account with them. So I signed up. I mean, I, I got in there and I said, I still had 10 cents left in my account from, from, uh, from, from, from Black Friday. So oh, like, wow, I've struck gold here. I, That's I right. Just, you're rich. I, I just can't spend it anywhere yet until I, until I move out. <laughs> Pretty funny stuff. Oh, that's great. Um, but, but in terms of in the past couple of years, I've, I've been listening to podcasts, poker podcasts. I love poker podcasts. And it was through that. Um, and Spotify, Spotify makes recommendations and, and this thing popped up, Rec Poker, what is that? So I clicked on it and it took me to a podcast. I think it was facing limpers or something. Mm -hmm. Sorry for the dog in the background. If you yeah, <laughs> we love dogs here, don't we? <laughs> so it's facing limpers. I said, well, this is, this is certainly interesting. And, and then I, I started to, Spotify kept recommending things. It recommended it, a, a Steve Fredland interview on the uh, uh, Chasing Poker Greatness ah. podcast. And, and on that interview, Steve kind of laid out a, a vision for, for Rec Poker. That this, is, this is really interesting. And then Spotify recommended a Rec Poker podcast that, that was a Steve Fredland talking by himself because a guest had, uh, had, 
had uh, dropped out <laughs> talking about his vision for an hour. And it just absolutely hooked me because it's like, this is what I've been looking for is the, the training sites. I'm a, I'm a member of, of several training sites and it's a good value, but it's just me, right? It's just me studying mm -hmm. this stuff. And there's a discord channel perhaps, or a, a forum behind, but it's, it's not people. And then I, as I engaged with rec poker, I could see people and I could hear voices and I could see faces. And then I started chatting. Of course, I, I sent some, some comment to Jim and he responded like instantly. And I said, wow, this is great. And then I, I, I uh, by back on, I'm a, a technology person. I've, I've been in software for in, in commercial software for 30 years. So I saw that the John, as his attribute poker geek I, I could tell he had a, <laughs> a, a technical background and i felt they probably had something in common so I, I i i sent a note to him and john was kind enough to share his amazing architecture how he manages it all it's uh, uh so if i'm able to help in some small way it'll probably be on the technology side but so uh like i said i've only been playing seriously since like 2018 uh, because the the home game was petering out and you know it, it just wasn't of interest so at that time i signed up for i mean as far as poker playing it's all online so right uh, i played on bovada i played on ignition strange sites but did okay yeah uh signed up for uh i started listening to the red Ship poker podcast mm -hmm. and that and that and that kind of and that kind of introduced me in, to the world of uh, a poker podcast. Uh, and now I play on ACR. I play on, on Global. I love Global mm -hmm. because it's, uh, it's a fun site. It's pretty soft. And uh, it's, it's a, strange, a strange financial model. It's a sweepstakes model. But after you get through all of that, it's, it's legal and they pay out. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We'll take what we can get, which a, right? Which is a good <laughs> no, thing. But so I have to, how did I find this? It, it was Steve. It was his, his, his vision video. But then as I, as I dug in and I feel like I've, I've met all of you, I've, I've reached out to all of you, but I certainly have been, I, I, I can probably identify your, your faces and voices uh, just some, the podcast uh, <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm kind of engaging as as i'm able to there's a lot there there's a lot to catch up on mm. but um and to, to i think the 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 focus that chris has i'm going to learn so much there because it's it it's at a, a level of thinking about poker that is still above me but not too far above me so, mm. so i'm going to share a bad beat story i was on the lpt <laughs> turn, <laughs> tournament last night and I was final table, final nine, final oh, no. six, final four. <laughs> it was one huge stack and three, uh, and three shallower stacks. And um, I was, um, I, I, I got pocket aces. Oh, so okay. I jammed right. It's like <laughs> this is it, man. I, I got this nailed, and I and I went up against East Coast bitter. Oh and, yeah, Ben, my buddy Ben, and and he had Ace King. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, no. So, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so what comes out on the flop is a king, right? Oh. And then it's a non-card, and then on the river, it's it's a king. So, oh, so three of a kind kings blows out. And I, yeah. oh, darn. <laughs> I had this thing locked be, up. Is it the I four would, left in the, in the final table four left, too. I, I would have been three and I would have had a huge stack. And <laughs> so it goes. <laughs> I was certain it was going to be the old Queen Jack 10 flop. Me That's too. I thought for sure. No, no, it was Ace King. But you, you went the other way. Ace, went the other way. It, it was pocket aces against Ace King. <laughs> and he got two kings. It, and mm. the river, he only had 
two outs, two kings. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, good good stuff. Came back close. There you go. But yeah, that's I, right. I, I, I've played in 16 home games and I've final tabled five times now. So oh, it's only hey, a matter of time. Impressive. It's that's only a matter of time. This is the second time I've hit four. Nice. So it's only a matter of time before I come in. And I just want to say congratulations to John kind of following you on the the live poker journey that you just, oh, just returned no, from. that was great so, so i don't play a lot of i don't play any live poker but it, it was uh, it was great fun to to imagine how exciting that must have been yeah no kidding in fact john why don't you tell us just a little bit about i know you know you were down there with steve you actually did pretty well in the in the in the run good event down there um tell us a little bit about what that was like before we uh, wrap up for the night yeah, well, I so Steve and I went down there, and um, Steve had already made day two in the deep stack event previously. I had been just bricking everything. I uh, didn't cash in a single event. I, as you may remember, in the last one of the previous podcasts, I announced that I would be donating all of my winnings for the that's uh, right bounty tournament to KL Cleeton's fan. So I will be sending a check for zero dollars and zero change. As promised. Uh, Always a man of that. his word. Yep. But then we got we got down there and into the main event. Uh, I fire, played day 1A and, along with Steve, and neither one of us made it through. So then, uh, and I had pretty much decided before the tournament that I was only going to fire one bullet at it because... Normally, my direct buy-in limit is $500. Those tournaments are $575. But I was just enjoying myself so much. And the room was at capacity, so they were unable to run cash games. That's how many people were showing up that where they actually make their money from cash games, they couldn't run them. So I decided to give it a second try, second bullet. And I entered day two with the third largest ship stack in the field. Wow. So that was good. And for the first two hours, <laughs> my chip stack just kept going up. I almost never lost. And then I went through a period that it was a little bit of a, a downer, but I kind of regrouped, regathered, and uh, did make it in the money, finished uh, 32nd, 90 places were paid. Um, we were still in kind of the flat ramp up portion and after i noticed steve went out there were we were playing at that point 45 minute levels and we had about a half an hour left in this level and one more level before there was going to be a 45 minute break and i decided that um where i was i was just kind of treading water keeping Mm -hmm. my chip stack about the same i wasn't actually building it and of course with the blinds going up that means my chip stack was actually getting smaller as far as the functionality it had within the tournament. So I figured that before I I wanted to, if I was going to play past the dinner break, I wanted to have a chip uh, stack that was at least um, competitive. So, uh, and I was down to about 10 blinds. So I wasn't doing anything really silly. I was still taking it seriously, but I was trying to find places where I could double my stack. Ended up being, um, I think I was in the small blind. Uh, Someone in late position had opened. So I was in the small blind. I had 
it was either 13 or 15 big blinds. I don't remember which for sure. Shoved with Queen Jack suited, got called in the big blind oh. by Ace Queen. That's not what the you want. Original yeah, <laughs> razor. Yeah. The original razor ended up folding. Right. Uh, and then uh, there was no Jack. <laughs> so I, uh, I went home after that. But it's still good. It was uh, I cashed out for one thousand nine hundred and fifty-three dollars yes. on five hundred seventy-five dollar buy-in. Well That's so great. you know I'm happy with that. And Paul's happy because blast. Paul's happy because the uh, best hand free flop won. You didn't say a bad Yes, well, that's a story I, I have there. How my pocket aces, but exactly. I'll, well, I, I'll get them next time. Yeah, the, uh, you know, the, the chip leader actually came. He came in third. So, uh, oh, there you go. Yeah. It was, that's right. Uh, <laughs> Well, there's no tournament without a bad beat story. And I always Absolutely. tell people, like, Absolutely. especially these big field tournaments, like, you're not well, going to win that tournament if you don't lay some bad beats on other people, it's, too. Uh, it's so tough it competition. Yeah. I remember, here's another story for you. The very first <laughs> game I played in, I played against Monkey System. Oh, and, yeah. And he jammed me with uh, uh, pocket eights, and I had pocket tens. So <laughs> that was fun. I had no <laughs> idea, <laughs> I had no, no idea who Keith was. He thought he was, he was going to tear me out. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's I great. One of, those, one, of those great, one of those great uh, members here, Rec yeah. Poker. Keith. Sure. Keith contributes a lot in, in, I, in a lot of the sections. I do yeah, want John. to mention one other thing. Um, for those of you who have never played a Run Good series, mm -hmm. um, Run Good series is the rec poker of series. Mm. It is a wonderful community. The people who run it are fantastic people. Uh, they were just walking through the tournament with smiles on their faces, absolutely having a blast. So they have the same philosophy about mm. poker that we do, mm -hmm. that it's all about having fun. That's great. So uh, I cannot so, so recommend I live on the East enough. Coast. So I live on the East Coast. I'm going to have to plan a road trip. I that's it. That's yeah. it. We got to yeah. get a rec poker road sure. trip going. They just announced a um, poker series in Florida that's going to be happening. Okay. Mm -hmm. well, I, mm -hmm. I go to Florida, too. That's cool. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there you go. I, I, I'm halfway up in the hot and humid zone of the Mid-Atlantic. So. <laughs> well, then you're close to everything on the eastern seaboard. You're going to be in trouble now. We're we just got it. done with all the cicadas. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, speaking of getting done, we should probably wrap this baby up. It's been a fun hour. Um, does anyone have anything else they want to share at the end? Uh, here, Paul, why don't you just tell some folks, what's your uh, user, what's your um, player name in the home game? If people see you, they can sure, say hello. Quad Quark. So quad quark. quark, yeah, and uh, it's it's quark on the uh, the on for rec poker, but it's quad quark everywhere else. ACR, any nice. place else you find me, it's quad quark. So. All right, and uh, John, Chris, Rob, anything else we should uh, throw at our listeners before we roll on out? Not seeing anything, I guess I'd like to thank paul rob john chris martha for joining us here in the chat of course website amp and running aces hotel racetrack and casino and steve fredman for being a great host all the time thanks so much everyone see you later again tomorrow.